Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of the Mindful Shape Podcast with me, Paula Parker. In this first episode, I'm going to talk about what self-coaching for weight loss is all about, and I'm going to help you understand why you maybe haven't been able to reach your goal weight, whether that's losing 5 pounds, 10, or even 50 pounds. And then when you lose it, how do you stay there? Self-coaching can really help you stop overeating and it can also help you stick to whichever food or exercise plan that you choose. Okay, so let's get started. First, why coaching? So weight loss is really a personal development journey. It requires you to literally become a new person because you'll grow into a better version of yourself. And by better, um, I don't want to give the impression that you have to be skinnier or everyone has to be a certain size. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the version of you who is feeling their best and who is kind and compassionate with herself and has trust with herself. So that's what this process is really all about. Coaching works because it's about self-discovery and self-mastery. We're basically using the topic of weight loss here because that's a result that we want most, but really weight loss is just a topic and you can think of it as like a playground to explore our minds and grow. The tools we learn here about how to manage our thoughts will help us to achieve really anything that we want. Okay, so first, why are you overweight? Are you feeling confused about this? Maybe you're not that overweight, like maybe you just have like 10 pounds that you'd like to lose. But the reason anyone is overweight is both simple and it's complex. It's simple because having extra fat on your body is caused from overeating, period. So (laughs) there's no big mystery about that. When we eat just enough and only the amount of food that our body requires to function, we won't lose weight and we won't gain But the reason we lose a few pounds only to gain it back again, and sometimes more, and we remain above our natural body weight, that's more of a complex issue, and that's what we'll talk about here. Okay, we know overeating causes being overweight. So what causes overeating? It's an over-desire to eat. And most people don't try to solve for this problem. So that's where coaching comes in, okay? They try to solve for the weight and not the reasons for the overeating, which is an imbalanced desire. That's why if someone hands you an eating plan or an exercise program, it usually never works over the long term. It's not solving the root issue, the over-desire, overeating problem. Let's look at what causes over-desire so that we can solve for that, the root cause. Over-desire involves three things, hormones, emotions, and habits, all wrapped up in habits. So hormones, let's talk about that first. If you're like most people, you've heard and you probably accept the notion, you know, calories in, calories out. To lose weight, you need to eat less and you need to work out harder. And if you haven't lost weight yet, it's basically just due to a lack of discipline to keep this up. But that is not the case at all. Being overweight is caused by a weight set point that is too high because of a hormonal imbalance in the body. Hormones are chemical messengers that regulate appetite, fat storage, and blood sugar levels. So what controls your weight set point? It's insulin. Your body is trying to maintain homeostasis. So this is why when you reduce calories and eat less, you feel really hungry. 
It stimulates your hunger hormone ghrelin. And if you want more detailed information on this, I would highly recommend checking out the book called The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung. And I'll just put those notes on the podcast notes on my website for you. So research shows us that weight gain is not caused by calories. It's caused by insulin. Insulin is a storage hormone, which means when insulin is in your blood, your body is storing your food for energy. So you are either storing energy or burning energy at all times. Eating triggers insulin to be released. You store this food for future energy, and this is a good thing. It's a good design. It's why we don't die in our sleeps from starvation. However, if you overeat, you eat more than your body needs to function, that food will stay stored as fat on your body. So what does this mean? It means that we don't care so much about calories. It means that we need to get in tune with our inner wisdom around how much food we actually require, which takes a lot of time and some effort. But when you aren't eating for entertainment, emotional reasons, or just out of habit, you actually don't need that much food. And keep in mind that eating more calories than you need will obviously increase your insulin, which increases fat storage. So within reason, you have to keep that in mind. Um, But I think you probably get the point. So our goal is to become what's called fat adapted rather than a sugar burner. This means that your body uses the extra fat on your body for fuel. To do this, we need to get our hormones balanced by regulating our insulin levels, ghrelin, which makes you hungry, and leptin, which tells you you're full. Now, there's a lot we can do to help regulate these hormones, and it's really not as complicated as you'd think. And I'm just talking about getting enough sleep, like at least eight hours, eating three meals a day. So that's cutting out snacking because every time you're eating, your insulin is going to go up. So you need those breaks in between eating. So eat maybe a little bit uh, larger meals than you're used to, but only the three times reducing or cutting out sugar and refined carbs because both of those will spike your insulin and eating enough healthy fats in your meals so that you feel satiated. Of course, you want to be active and try to get as much fiber as you can. Okay, so let's move on now to emotional reasons for overeating. If you're overeating or finding it nearly impossible not to comply with your cravings, whether that's for sugar, flour, or just food in general, It means this is typically acting as a substitute for your fundamental human needs. So what are those? These include emotional, spiritual, and nutritional needs. For most of us, nutritional info doesn't help that much. Like we've done enough research, we know how to eat healthy. And oftentimes clients will eat healthy all day and then, you know, a whole box of cookies at night or something. Or we eat healthy all week and then really go crazy on the weekends. So in this case, oftentimes it's not a nutritional imbalance. We need to look at the spiritual and emotional needs. Okay, so now I'm just going to go over the needs that we most often meet with food. So just listen as I read them out. There's nine of them. And just pay attention. See if any of these resonate with you, if you can recognize anywhere. You often maybe need this, but instead you are tuning out and going to food. First one is connection, intimacy, love, security, relaxation, freedom, self-expression, adventure slash excitement, and entertainment. So often cravings are substitutes for 
our need for love and intimacy. My husband and I now live on Vancouver Island, but previously we would travel over here on the ferry to visit his family. One night as we were sitting there, this older couple, probably like in their 70s, um, walked by us and the woman said, do you want to get some candy? And the husband was walking a bit ahead of her and he didn't really say anything. And so she repeated, you know, candies. And he turned to her, scowling, and he just grumbled, you know, it's quarter to 10 and then kept walking. And I just felt so bad for her. I just feel like many of us are so starving for love and affection because we don't get nearly the amount of that that we need. And we are quite literally starving for more sweetness in our lives. Okay, finally, habits. So you know the statistics. It's not very many people who lose weight and keep it off. So what does it really take? From what I can tell, there are three necessary and sufficient conditions for long-lasting weight loss, and they are first one, belief, second is desire, and third is commitment. So first, let's talk about belief. So the key to this is to believe your goal is truly possible for you. So you might be thinking like, this is pretty basic, but really think about it. You may have a self-concept of someone who struggles with their weight or who is the girl with a pretty face but is always about 15 pounds overweight or something like that. Examine your current beliefs because consciously or not, they are dictating every action you take and resulting in your current weight. Fortunately, these are just thoughts and we've been thinking them over and over again and we can change them. So I'm telling you, you get to decide what your self-concept is. Are you an athlete? Are you naturally thin? I know it sounds a bit nuts. Like you can't just think, oh, now I'm naturally thin and be that way. But just stay with me. You can start leaning into that way by repeatedly having the thoughts that this is possible for you. It's possible for you to be a naturally thin person. Even if it's just right now, knowing that you're doing the work on your brain that is leading you towards believing that. So how do we start believing the seemingly unbelievable? First, we find evidence all around for our brains to see. So we know that that's how humans work. When we see someone else do it, we believe it's now possible. And you've seen people lose weight, and most likely you've lost weight before as well, many times. So you know it's possible to physically lose weight. But can you believe that people just like you can and do reach their goal weight and they don't have any drama around food? The second key is that you believe it despite your current circumstances. And this is the hardest one, you know? So the idea is you can look in the mirror, you can see the extra weight, but you know it's temporary. So it's about self-talk in that moment. You believe you will see that goal number on the scale. Even though you don't see it now, you know it's coming. So the more you can make the present not matter, the stronger your belief in the next version of you will be. So the more you can practice the thought that you'll reach your goal, the more inspired you're gonna feel and the more inspired action you're gonna take towards making that goal a reality. You will start living from that place. 
You will be in the world as a slim person who's not attached to food, even if your body hasn't caught up yet. Over time and with enough inspired action, it will, but it all starts with believing it. Desire. Your desire is your unique guidance system from your authentic self. Okay, I'll just say that again. Your desire is your unique guidance system from your authentic self. We don't actually want all the same things. When people say they want to be happy, it always means different things. What brings joy to some of us doesn't bring joy to all of us. And I'm sure you can easily come up with examples in like food, music, just how you spend your time. To reach your goal weight and stay there long term, you've got to want it really bad. You've got to be in the mental headspace where you literally cannot stand another day of being in your current state. It's important to desire your result. Like absolutely, we want to think positive. And it's equally important to acknowledge your pain and suffering that you have now. Don't discount it. Be real with yourself. Otherwise, I'm telling you, your brain will stay in a low-grade comfort zone. And like in a year, you probably won't even have lost very much weight, if any. Third is commitment. And what I'm talking about here is being committed to the process. And it is a process, right? We are organic beings and weight loss doesn't ever really go in a straight line because nature doesn't work that way. Being committed is that you know there will be ups and downs. There'll be highs and lows. The scale goes up and down. Your motivation, your moods, everything goes up and down. But no matter what, you get up every single time. The biggest mistake women make when they go off plan is they fall into this black and white thinking. Well, I overate, so the whole day is out. Or I might as well enjoy everything and just go crazy. Or I missed my workout yesterday. You know, I don't have the motivation to go again today. And then a week goes by. And often these are not even conscious thoughts. We've had this form of black and white thinking for so long that by this point, it just seems to happen. And that's why we never seem to make any progress. And it's hard to stay consistent, right? You get home from work and you're tired and hungry and your prefrontal cortex has totally checked out when it comes to decision-making for weight loss. Your primitive brain is now calling the shots. And so what is that? That looks like it's serving up whatever's easiest, familiar, and comforting. So that's what it cares about. It wants to be efficient. It wants things to be easy and comforting. This is why commitment is so hard because we definitely will get tired, hungry, and stressed. So what do we do? We need to plan for this in advance so that our prefrontal cortex is making the decisions here. This is why we food prep and we plan what we'll do in these kind of situations in advance. And if we do make a mistake, we don't go into the black and white thinking. Instead, we have compassion for ourselves and we get right back on track. Now, I'm not saying that this removes the discomfort. It doesn't. We won't always feel like having salad and chicken or we won't feel like going to the gym every day. But what we practice, we get good at. Our brains become familiar with this and it only gets easier. The mind drama will dissipate. It eventually becomes natural. It's just how you live. You make a plan, you follow the plan, you experience discomfort, you experience mind drama, you know, you drink a couple glasses of water and you move on. So ask yourself, which needs some time and attention? Where do you need to strengthen? Is it believing it's on its way? 
Is it connecting to desire, the why, more regularly? Or is it being committed to the process, all of the highs and lows, and getting back on track? My hope is that you'll listen to this podcast and implement what you learn here. And if you're like me and most people, you have a habit of taking in a ton of information, but not always putting it into real practice. And that's just entertainment and it won't change your body. What will change your body is truly practicing what you learn. And I do mean practice. Being a coaching student means you are practicing new ways of thinking and acting. Practice means you are learning and making mistakes and relearning and trying again and again. So if you've tried to lose weight a number of times in the past, you understand this, right? And it's all to your benefit because it means you have honed the skill of determination and that can only serve you. I'd like to offer that 80% of your time should be focused on what's happening in your brain about how you're relating to yourself and only 20% should be on what you're eating and on your workout plan. So I'll just leave you with this because to feel this ambition, to want to change your shape, to want to be a certain way, to have your outside reflect who you really believe is on the inside is not a small thing. I truly believe that to embrace this and to act upon it is our unique calling of our souls. And to not act upon it is really just turning our backs on ourselves. This whole process is about who you need to become to have what you want. That's what it's really about. And to have the experience of life you were really meant to have. So I hope this has been helpful and that you enjoyed the first podcast. And I'll talk to you next week. Hey, if you like this podcast, feel free to find me on my website at mindfulshape.com or Instagram at mindful underscore shape. You can also book a free mini session with me to take this work deeper and see what coaching one-on-one is like. You can book that mini session on my website. I hope to see you there. Bye.
So I really hope this has been helpful. I hope it's given you maybe a new perspective on why you are where you are and some insight and some hope as to how you can change things to move the dial a little bit. Um, and my hope is that you will implement what you've learned here and see some progress and get a lot of value out of this. Okay. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week. Bye. So that's what I have for you in this first episode. I hope that you've found some value in it and that it's given you some insight into why maybe you are where you're at right now and some hope as to how you can really get to where you want to be. Um, so yeah, so thanks for listening. So thanks so much for listening and I will talk to you next week. Bye.